0: Hey, what's going on? It's your Monday episode of Locked on Raptors, and on today's show, I am joined, as I usually am on a Monday, by Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. We're going to talk about the Raptors win over the New York Knicks, mostly through the lens of Scotty Barnes, who had maybe his best game as a Raptor on Friday night, we'll dig into all of that. We'll talk about our favorite Scotty Barnes things to enjoy from the very large bag that he has. Plus, we got a do to the game to hand out for Friday night's game. Is there a repeat winner in the cards? We shall see. That's all coming up on today's episode with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Oh, look, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot, kind to miss. Uh...
1: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every
0: day. Welcome to episode number 1077 of Locked on Raptors 4 that's not the graphic, there we go, for uh, Monday, December the 13th, I'm your host Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean, you can find the show at Locked on Raptors, and of course, you can find the podcast free and available on all your favorite podcast apps. You can subscribe, rate, follow, review, tell a friend, all that stuff that the apps allow you to do, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey, whatever it might be. We're free over there, and you can subscribe on YouTube for the low, low price of On The House as well. We passed over 1,300 subscribers over the weekend, so keep on adding to the pile. It's very, very nice. Uh, as, as always, again, uh, thank you as well for making us your first listen of the day. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. You can check out pri- check out prizepix.com, use the promo code NBA, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Use that promo code NBA. And let's get to it on today's show. We are talking about a 90 to 87 Raptors win over the New York Knicks on Friday night. But really, we're talking about Scotty Barnes because he was incredible in this game. 12 points, 15 rebounds, a career high, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, a team best plus 14. And he really just was the straw that stirred the entire drink on Friday night. And joining me to talk about Scotty Barnes and what's it got to be one of our favorite things to do at this point because Scotty Barnes rocks. It is Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. How's it going, pal? It's going good.
1: It's been a good weekend. It's... uh... I just watched the uh, Champions League draw uh, and the redraw because they messed it up the first time. (laughs) Uh, Of course, that happened uh, because you had Messi drawing Ronaldo the first time and everyone was going nuts. And and they were like, nope, we made a mistake here. Uh, I
0: love uh, chicanery in very expensive international sports. Shout out to F1 yesterday. Shout out to UEFA just making the draw whatever they want. I don't care about the rules. Give me the most drama and mess and I'm happy. (laughs)
1: So, yeah, it's it's been a good weekend and ready to talk all about Scotty Barnes.
0: Yeah, like we would we could have done like a typical game recap episode for this one, but and you know, giving some love to Gary Trent Jr. or something like that, but really I just wanted to take the time to talk about Scotty in this game. Not, you know, look, you behind the curtain as well. There's a game tonight, and this podcast will only stay evergreen for so long if we talk specifically about the game against the Knicks. So we're going to take that Knicks game and expand upon it into the world of the fun that is watching Scotty Barnes play. So as I mentioned, in this game, 12-15, 3-2-2 on 6 of 12, shooting for Scotty Barnes. Did not get to the line at all uh, and did not hit a 3. He was 0 for 1, but... I think there was sort of the prevailing sentiment after this game from folks who watched it that this was one of, if not the best games that Scotty Barnes has played as a Raptor. And I think it's in no small part because it was clearly his best two-way game of the season. His defense was outstanding. Uh, Vivek Jacob, what were your sort of big takeaways from watching Scotty Barnes dismantle the Knicks on Friday night with his uh, length and shot blocking and just general meanness around the basket?
1: Yeah, I'm totally with you. It was probably his most complete game and i think the biggest thing that stood out to me is we've seen the offensive flashes before and that gets you really excited but defensively with this also happening to coincide with what i what i thought was pascal's best defensive game mm-hmm. um with the way he was defending randall it, you see how much easier it makes it for uh, a Fred VanVleet to go double and time that and uh, Gary Trent to take his risks and all of a sudden you know when Pascal and Scotty are defending like that that's when you really start to envision the defense that many have talked about before the season began and so I, I think that was my biggest takeaway where it's like okay if Scotty can keep this up and maintain that level. And that's something that's going to be interesting to see, because that's something that Fred VanVleet has talked about in terms of avoiding some of the lulls that seem to come uh, with him a little bit. And if he can maintain that intensity and be there uh, for the majority of the 48 minutes or, you know, the the 36 minutes that he's out there, then that goes a long way in solving (laughs) some of the Raptors' biggest problems.
0: Yeah, I think for me, my takeaway from watching Scotty Barnes defend the Knicks on Friday was that, like, this is why I believe so much in that small ball lineup where Scotty Barnes is kind of the nominal center. Because, like, he's big enough, he's rangy enough to kind of fill in size wise as a center. He just had to get, like, you know, how to play defense as a center down and like where to stand and all this stuff. And it really does feel like the last couple of weeks here, he has figured things out on that end a little bit. He kind of knows where to be. He knows where not to be. He knows when to over sort of over help and when not to like, he just, he seems to be kind of finding that balance. And I've talked about it. He just feels like a guy who learns things very quickly, which seems like a very valuable skill to have as a rookie. And it probably explains why he's been so effective as a rookie when you don't expect rookies to be this effective. And yeah, just watching him kind of around the rim, that possession he had where he like contested a shot, then blocked the the sort of like the recollect and attempt, like that's just like rim protector god stuff. And I'm not saying he's going to do it all the time, but if you're thinking about how that small ball lineup is going to work, once hopefully OJ Ananobi gets back at some point here, we have no idea when that's gonna be right now, but once you get that Fred Trent, OG Siakam Barnes lineup figured out. You know, we saw when Siakam first came back, the spacing was weird. Siakam was still getting his defensive sea legs. Barnes had no idea what, his, what he was doing, and you just didn't see that sort of cohesion defensively. And on offense, we kind of knew the problems, too. It was still working Siakam in. It was still figuring out how Barnes and Siakam play with one another. And now we've seen Barnes and Siakam play off one another really nicely. The playmaking those two have kind of is a really beautiful sort of two, two-man game they can play. And then we know what Fred and OG and Trent are going to provide in terms of spacing and extra ball handling. That, to me, is shaping up to be the best Raptors lineup, as we kind of expected. I think as of right now, in a very small sample size, it's like a plus one per 100 possessions. It's like a 101 offensive, 100 defensive rating. I think we're in line to see that lineup get a lot better and more potent once it's all intact and back together here at some point soon. Um, You know, I mentioned... Scotty's over the last couple of weeks looked a little bit better on defense. So I'm curious Vivek, like is there anything that he's doing differently to you that you've seen that you're picking up on, you know, whether it's on ball, off ball, something to do on the defensive end. He's changed tangibly in the last couple of weeks?
1: Uh I would say for the most part that he is um, you know, just defending on the perimeter better and I think, you know, he's He's learning to use his body to almost guide the offensive player. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think before it was just like a lot of north-south when he'd get beat off the dribble and it was like a straight beeline to the bucket. Uh, And so now I think with redirecting them uh, and sort of forcing them to go around him, it's directing towards the help more. Uh, And that's where, you know, you see the help defender come over and be able to poke the ball away or, you know, it's just that much more traffic that they're going into. Um, So I think that is something that has stood out to me. There's still like moments uh, where he can improve. I I think, you know, that that final bucket by Mike Muscala, obviously everyone remembers the over help uh, and then, you know, no one getting out to Muscala. But uh, that starts uh, with Scotty maybe pressing up a little too high on Shea, uh, and Shea just able being able to go all the way uh, and and forcing all the help to come over. So uh, I think there's still little moments w- uh, like that where he needs to get better. But I think for the most part, it's a significant improvement from where we were, say, you know, three or four weeks ago.
0: Yeah, he's not getting torched by small guards every single time. We saw in that road trip where they went out west and played like fast, quick guards, like three, four, five games in a row. That's where the sort of nadir of his defensive season came. And since then, it seems like he's kind of bounced back, adjusted, and uh, again, learned very quickly how not to get burned, which is pretty fun and cool. And, uh, you know, we'll see. That's kind of an interesting test tonight against the Kings. You know, De'Aaron Fox is the type of guy he has struggled with. Maybe we see some of that progression uh, potentially in that one-on-one defense from Scotty Barnes. Also worth noting, over the last six games, your Toronto Raptors, number three in the NBA in defense behind only the Grizzlies and the Warriors, and uh, that's quite good. Over the last eight games, they're also eighth, so they've kind of bounced back a little bit here, up to 16th in the NBA overall after that really brutal stretch where they fell down into the deep 20s. Um, and Scotty Barnes turning things around, uh, not an insignificant part of that over the last couple of weeks here. We're going to continue on talking about Scotty Barnes. I kind of want to just dive into the, the joy that is watching Scotty Barnes because I find myself looking forward to watching him play every single day. Like, it's 10 o'clock in the morning on Monday, and I'm thinking nine hours ahead, like, oh, my God, we get to watch Scotty Barnes play basketball tonight, and that rocks. We're going to get to that. In one second, to kind of dig into our favorite Scotty Barnes'isms. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching your highlights on your phone for sports, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a way to get all of that entertainment away from those like six different apps you got cooking. Don't be looking at your phone or your iPad or whatever it is. You can get it all in one place, and that is with Direct TV Stream, as they get your TV together and bring brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more digging through the couch cushions to find that Apple TV remote after you're done using your cable remote. And the best part is there's no annual contract, and you'll never have to buy a new device ever again. So get rid of the clutter. End the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package, and this is only available to our listeners in the US of A. All right, continuing on here with your first listen of the day here on Lockdown Raptors with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com, Big V. Let's just talk about Scotty Barnes for a bit and how fun he is to watch because uh, he is an absolute delight. That Friday game against the Knicks, kind of uh, one of the chief cases in, in favor of that argument. Um, let's just start here. What's your favorite Scotty Barnes thing? He does a lot of things on the floor, lots of different sort of uh, areas of the game he impacts. What is your favorite Scotty Barnes thing right now?
1: I would say it's him on the fast break. Like when yeah. he gets the board and he's going and – Uh, he's got, you know, outlet options and he'll give them a little look one way, a little look the other way. And, you know, that creates that hesitation enough of the hesitation, uh, in his defenders mind, uh, where he's like, okay, now I've got the full lane for myself. And it's like one, two, boom dunking on your head
0: <laughs> yeah uh the he had one of those dunks on friday i believe where he, he caught the he got the defensive rebound took it f- five dribbles uh and two handed it down that is a really good one and it's not just like the straight headline like headlong drives for dunks either like his processing speed and his ability to just slow things down and like oh I don't really have an advantage here. I'm just going to wait for some dudes to get around me, and then I'm going to hit them with hilarious no-look passes. Uh, like, it's all just really damn fun. And yeah, the Fred dudes, pass was crazy, yeah. right? The, yeah. He's yeah. stuck
1: under the basket, limbs all around him, and was able to thread the needle, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think – I mean, that I think might be my favorite thing about him right now is that he, like – A throws very audacious passes, which is great. And and like the no looks are like he, it seems like he's thrown one. 15 20 games in a row at this point like he just has a no look pass in his bag it's like there are two things you can expect from scotty barnes in a given night one he's gonna throw a no look pass two he's gonna have like a six minute stretch of a third quarter where he punks the other team and kind of takes the game over um and so yeah the, the passing is like well beyond I, I we knew he was a good passer coming in but like the processing speed as a rookie and kind of just seeing all the passes out there it's pretty impressive stuff. And I guess he has an advantage too, because he's enormous. He can kind of see over the defense as well. Um, on that note, like he was branded as a point guard coming out of college. He played a lot of point guard off the bench for Florida state. The Florida state system was, you know, not exactly tailored to kind of seeing him show off all of his dazzling skills or whatever. Cause that's what college basketball is all about. But when it comes to the whole point guard question, have you at all been moved by what you've seen this season? Like, do you think he can be like a lead ball handling, like, point forward type guy in his career like are you feeling like that's a possibility based on what you've seen through 26 games or whatever it's been
1: yeah I mean that's that's what I felt from the beginning even just watching him in preseason uh right. I think that his playmaking ceiling is higher than anyone else's on the team and, and so I think as many times as you can get the ball in his hands the better <laughs> off you're gonna be uh, and it's about building to that point. You know, I think there's a ways he has to go. Still, he has to tighten yeah. the handle. He's got to, you know, be tighter uh, with certain decisions that he makes. Um, but you do see the progress over you know the twenty odd games that we've seen so far. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I do envision that as you know the long term uh, option for uh, this team. And you know, with Fred too, I think there's a lot of uh, opportunities for him to just play off the ball and you know come off screens and get some shots off and uh i think that would be probably optimal for the raptors
0: yeah like i don't know when you can expect this to happen and you don't want to put too much on a 20 year old and i was kind of talking about this last week don't
1: put too much on him
0: Put, no, don't put. Too I, much I think. On him.
1: Yeah. No, put, no, put oh, too, much, put on too him. much on. Put too much on. Him. Yeah, okay. Put everything oh, yeah. on him. Like <laughs> I, I think, I, and I, th- I think that's that's kind of been the point that Fred has been trying to make uh, the last couple uh, media sessions that he's had. It's hmm. like this is not a rookie. Stop. Right. Like no one treat him like a rookie, and and that's the mindset that he's trying to put into Scotty too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't lower yourself to that standard right? because you could well be the best player on this team very soon so that approach needs to be there every single day every single game every single minute that you're out there and and the sooner he starts believing that he is the best the best player on the court uh, every minute that he's out there the sooner he's actually going to get there
0: yeah, I guess my, my, like, hesitation in putting too much expectation is more on, like, the fan side of things. Like, don't heap too much expectation of him becoming something within a short amount of time, because that seems unfair. But maybe it's not. If Fred Van Vliet's talking No, to me, that's then, totally fair. Yeah, I that's mean, totally I, so on that thread then, like, when do you think it's realistic to expect that he will be the best player on the team? I was kind of thinking about this last week when I was thinking about the Demonis Sabonis thing and and sort of throwing ideas around during that episode I did on Friday. If you haven't listened yet, go listen to my chat with Tony East. I did a little little monologue segment off the top, sort of digging into why the Sabonis thing makes a lot of sense, but also is kind of tricky on the timeline. And I kind of think Scotty Barnes is actually the reason why you do or don't do that deal is because, like, Damanis Sabonis is not going to be your best player, but if you can slot him in as your second or third best player because Scotty Barnes is ascended to be the best player within the next couple of seasons, then that changes the calculus of whether or not you make a deal like that. Do you think it's fair to expect that within two, three years, Scotty Barnes, now that he's kind of showing this, you know, defensive side of his game, which we kind of knew was there, but, you know, was obviously catching up to the NBA speed. We've seen the sort of ahead-of-schedule offensive repertoire as well. Like, what is a realistic timeline to expect Scotty Barnes to be the best player on the Raptors with V.
1: Yeah. So f- first off, to clarify, when I say put as much as you can on him, I'm talking about it, I'm talking about, you know, the coaching side of yeah. it, the yeah. player expectation side of it. You know, whether it's sure. our Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam, you know, encouraging him and pushing him to do more. Right. Uh, from the fan side of it, you know, we've just got to let things play out uh mm-hmm. and 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 you know let things take their course uh, and so i think with scotty reasonable expectation yeah i would say two three years I, i've said before on this podcast that by the end of his rookie contract mm-hmm. i expect him to be you know in the conversation for all nba teams so right um i think you know he's gonna get there and again the more reps you give him the sooner he will get there uh mm-hmm. and And I think he is because he has that all unselfish nature. um, And, you know, I don't want to call it stepping on people's toes, but rather just like having that respect for other people's skill sets. He maybe, you know, defers a little bit. And I think when he gets to that point where he realizes that, you know, he can be the most impactful player on the court at all times, even right now, you know, if you look at his individual game, you know, you might not say, that that's the best player on the team, but you can certainly see the path to him, you know, being the most impactful player. You know, mm-hmm. by season's end, even.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, he's very good. <laughs> I just, it's a it's a real delight to watch this dude, and I'm excited to see. Like, we're we're only a have like a third of the way into his first season. There's so much more ground to be covered here, and it feels like every single week there's like. Oh, this is a new achievement unlocked type thing with him and it's been uh one of the true delights of watching this basketball team. And frankly, it's why I still just like can't really bring myself to worry about the record because ultimately, the record is noise compared to what Scotty Barnes is doing when you're talking about like championship equity down the line. This ain't a championship season. That's cool. If Scotty Barnes is going to look like this, that gets you pretty excited about what should come. Down the line, and kind of allow you to enjoy everything else uh, that's going on the season as well. I would argue. Uh, we're going to finish up. Uh, we have the. That's going to do it for Scotty Barnes' talk today, unless he comes up in the next segment, which I don't think he will, because uh, we've already talked about who's coming up in the next segment before this. But this is an episode after a game, and so we have to do the due to the game, the segment everybody's talking about, the guy who we have not really talked about, who was a big contributor to the Raptors win on Friday against the New York Knicks we will get to that in one second here but first got to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are amazing and are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy it really is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and it is delicious and healthy you get a ton of flavors to choose from whether it's the classics like mint brownie cherry or double chocolate or the limited time flavors that pop up all season long you've got caramel macchiato I think is on the site right now lots of different holiday flavors and themes that you can go and pick up and uh, because it's the season of peace and love don't forget to uh, bring built Bars to the people that you love as well bring them to the uh, the, 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 pot, the potluck you're doing or something like that I one time had a friend whose like thing that he would bring to potluck dinners was a platter of chocolate bars purchased at the gas station that he would cut, cut up and stack in a nice little pyramid lovely lovely uh, party favor I would recommend you do that with built Bars as well it's a wonderful way to feel good about eating all that sweet because it's really not that indulgent really you get high protein high low carbs low sugar all that good stuff i highly recommend checking out built bar if you want that sort of sweet thing replacement throughout the off season. And if you like marshmallowy stuff around the holidays as well, you need to get your hands on some Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through, and you get different flavors all covered in chocolate. They taste so good, you won't believe that they're also filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com for 15% off. Go do it. And today's show is brought to you by our pals over at BetOnline.ag who have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season continues to march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports, and action, sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus, meaning if you put in 100 bucks, you get 150 bucks to play with. That is a great, great deal from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right. Vivek Jacob, let's round it out with a segment everybody's talking about. It's the dude of the game, the guy who contributed to a win or a loss, a Raptors game, who was sort of an unsung hero. We probably could have given this one to Scotty Bars to stay on theme considering what he did on the defensive end of this one. It was extreme dude behavior, but we've given Scotty enough airtime for today. We'll save some Scotty love for tomorrow. Let's dig into it, though. Vivek Jacob, you are the guest. I have given you the leeway to select the dude of the game. Who do you got?
1: Oh, uh, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of responsibility.
0: Um, <laughs> it is the segment everybody's talking about, so everyone will be talking about your answer here, so make sure you mm-hmm. get it right.
1: <laughs> I'm going with Justin Champagny. Uh Woo! You know, I think it is very uh, rare that you can see someone have a positive impact on the game with the Sam Mitchell line. Zero, yep. zero, 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 zero.
0: <laughs> but. <clears throat> I did not realize he Jerome moiso sewed it up out there. Holy shit. Yeah,
1: but he was also a plus eight. And yes. uh, no, I, I think in all seriousness, uh, the fact that Nick Nurse trusts him for defensive possessions down the stretch of an extremely mm-hmm. tight game uh, shows uh, a lot to me. And yeah. so I think for Champagne to be in that position, the, the fact that he is already seemingly you know going to the right spots and doing the right things uh and then offensively he's just constantly you know it's kind of like he's either setting a screen for someone to get them open or he's cutting to the basket or you know and and you want more and more players like that and he's got uh definitely uh a high basketball iq and fred van vliet talked about uh, him having like just a really high attention to detail. Uh, And so those are things that really matter for this team right now. And especially with them being shorthanded, you know, I I expect him to be uh, a notable part of the rotation
0: going forward. Yeah, I mean, he's been really exciting defensively. Obviously, the couple really huge sort of opportunistic moments on offense in that Thunder game as well, one of which obviously was just before the buzzer, but still same idea. Knew exactly where to be, was in the right spot, had that other huge go-ahead bucket as well. And yeah, it's kind of stunning to see Nick Nurse trust a guy this much on defense early on. But I mean, he's he's earning it. Outside of the Muscala breakdown, uh, which you know I think there's blame to go around there. And again, Shea just Alexander, I would much rather send attention to him than worry about Mike Muscala. If I'm being totally honest, so I get why that play happened. You know, outside of that, he has been really rock solid. And even though he's like six foot six, he seems to have like the positioning for a center down pretty well. I guess, you know, he is going to get pushed further down the rotation once guys get back, right? Like Precious Achua, we know how good defensively he's been. Kem Birch, whenever he gets back, hopefully soon, we know he's going to play heavy minutes as well. Do you see a role for Champagny at full health, or is this more of a he plies his trade in small moments and then perhaps gets his two-way converted to a full-time NBA deal by season's end, and then they kind of go into next season with him kind of as maybe like a potential rotation piece going into camp? Or, or is there a world in which he gets regular run now? Maybe replacing a Chris Boucher, getting some minutes at the four, that type of thing.
1: Yeah, I think there's minutes for him right now while the team is shorthanded. It's hard yeah. for me to see that path once everyone is fully healthy. Yeah. Um And that's not going to be a bad thing either. You know, being on a two-way, he'll get his reps with a 905 and he'll Mm -hmm. improve that way. I think the one thing that will be good for him when he's able to get those 905 reps is just really working on his three-point shot. And I think if you think about a long-term path to the rotation for the Raptors, that would be the defining factor, right? And Mm -hmm. if he can space the floor uh, beyond just the hustle uh, that we see from him right now, then I think that starts to make it an interesting conversation.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know why I keep falling back on this. I've said this about Kem Birch in the past. And I think I'll say this about Justin Champney. I think like the idealized version of that guy is something like Daniel Tice against the Raptors in the playoffs in the bubble, right? Like dude, who's just like a really sound positional defender. Yes. Is prone to getting moved out of the way by Kyle Lowry's ass, but uh, who isn't frankly. Uh, and those like one or two corner threes he knocked down in those games were absolute backbreakers because you're kind of funneling the action to Daniel Tice because he's Daniel Tice. And when he burns you, it, it just is an absolute killer. I could kind of see that being the case with Champagny. There's a lot of high usage guys on this team. If he's playing within that construct, I could certainly see him becoming like that's maybe sort of his pathway here. To nba success and look not everyone's going to be a star some people got to be daniel Tice's circa 2020 and that's okay um but you know is that like sort of lowballing him on what he can be like maybe that's you know maybe that's not high enough in terms of shooting for the stars with him but to me that feels like a pretty good sort of avenue for him to you know realize regular nba minutes and potentially earn some money down the line
1: yeah i, I think that's uh you know the short-ish term yeah, uh, outlook for him, but I think the big factor, the big difference, would be the fact that he's twenty years old, and so yeah. uh, if he can get to a point where he has a three point shot, you know, say even a couple years from now, then okay, where where you take your game from there? At six six, you know, can you build uh, a bit of a, uh, you know, uh, on ball some some you know one or two couple moves that can get you by defenders, maybe create your own shot? Uh, I, I'd say there's a a wider you know array of options available to him at his size than there is say to daniel theis uh, rounding mm-hmm. out his offensive game so sure. uh, i think you know the theoretical ceiling uh, would be higher but i think they have very similar sort of next steps in helping
0: the team makes sense uh, that's going to do it for rookie day apparently on today's episode of the podcast sorry delano bent we did not get to you he's looked a little bit rough lately maybe uh some 905 seasoning would be good for him but and he's getting plenty of it but uh that is gonna be where we leave it off for today congrats to justin Champagne on his second straight due to the game win moving up the leaderboard baby i have to get some graphic made with the updated leaderboard sometime soon here i keep slacking on that but uh i'll get that taken care of vivek jacob thank you so much for being here today buddy it's lovely to chat with you as always anything you would like to promote for the good people out there
1: uh yeah i mean i I should have a little Champagne piece coming out so uh nice and convenient there uh no, nothing you, you know featuring or anything
0: expressly to plug your stuff unbelievable <laughs> i respect the lack of shame
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's that you can look forward to i uh my latest uh, olympic feature is out and it's on marielle thompson uh, from ski cross and she's uh, one of Canada's great skiers of all time and uh, you know just her preparation coming into these Olympics I mean so her story is actually kind of crazy because uh, 2017 leading into the 2018 games she uh, tore her ACL and she recovered in time to compete in the Olympics in four months which, you know, (laughs) we we know how long it takes in basketball, so for her to find a way to do that is insane. And she she tore her ACL again right before these Olympics, but more of a timeline now. So just sort of going through that deja vu with her was a great conversation. And, uh, yeah, uh, probably tweet out the piece shortly, and you can check it out. Olympic V.
0: Be sure to check out Olympic V's work. It's uh, wonderful stuff. And Ski Cross... Boy, what a cool-ass sport. Uh, terrifying to watch, but also uh, truly thrilling. My favorite day of the Olympics every year. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, either way, that's going to do it for today's episode. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review, all tell your friends, all that stuff. Your podcast, uh, this podcast, is free on all your favorite podcast apps. And you can also subscribe on YouTube. So please go ahead and do that, even if you're not going to watch on YouTube just do it to help us juice the stats. That's okay. That's allowed. It's very helpful when you do that as well. Um, and, and that will do it. We will talk to you again tomorrow. I'll be breaking down the game against the Kings, probably a solo episode. Later in the week, Katie Heindel is going to pop on. Friday, Jamar Hines from TSN is going to pop on and talk about the game against the Bulls. If it happens, uh, we'll see. The Bulls are kind of mired in some COVID hell right now. Uh, The whole NBA is teetering in a very terrifying way, but we can get to that another day. Until then, thank you so much. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday for another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye.